0: Influencers. Let's get booge. Listen to A. Thompson for an hour. I'd rather fuck a blood relative. It's A. Thompson. Da <laughs> <laughs> yeah. da dum dum. Ba ba ba. Ladies and gents, welcome to episode one hundred and seventy-five of A Thompson and Other Disappointments, your twice weekly dose of Britain and uh, and indeed the world uh, on a downward keel. Um, you know, awfulness, the bottom of the bin, the grime, the grit. Basically, let me take you by the hand and host the chaos, the oblivion to which you have been so oblivious. This show. If you're just joining us, you know, for the first time, maybe you found me on Twitter, maybe TikTok. Maybe you're like, you know, this guy seems all right. You know, bit of a bit of a satirist, bit of a piss taker. Maybe I'll see if his podcast is any good. Maybe I'll see if he can lighten my mood in this most darkest of times. Well, this show is a downer, guys. (laughs) This show is the opposite of your pack of Cetraline. You know, if you're feeling a bit too happy, a bit too optimistic about the state of the world, come on in. (laughs) Allow us to temper that imbalance that you appear to be suffering from. Every week it is, you know, it's a solo show on Wednesday. Um, Usually I'm ranting and roasting, nay, ruining whatever is going on out there. You know, trying to make sense of the senseless, indeed light of the darkness. And then on Friday, I have a guest on Friday night's Uh, The live show, half past seven, live on YouTube. Sometimes it's someone from the world of journalism or, you know, politics or satire, academia. Or sometimes it's someone from my years in stand-up comedy and we just shoot the shit about the state of comedy and the world. And, you know, our respective moves from stand-up on the stage into online, you know, digital content. That was the case last week. Uh, My guest was Alfie Noakes, who has run the We Are Funny project over in Dalston for 13 years. Um, but anyway, today is the, you know, it's my solo thing um, where we try to, you know, we look at what's happening in the news and try to get some laughs, try to get some doom lols out of it. Anyway, before we get started, before we really jump into this um, quick paternal approving wink to the Patreons, to my cult members. I am I'm growing a cult everyone if you didn't know already I I put out all of the episodes of the podcast to Patreon backers first they're 2 days ahead of everybody else so if you like your shit topical and you know reactive instant if you want first look at the live shows like the ones that uh or the one that me and Danny Price did in February at 21 Soho uh or the one I'm putting together for July perhaps which reminds me uh, free tickets for that show for you and a couple of mates. If you can, source me a venue. <laughs> I am venue scouting people. It just has to have a basement, you know, room for about 50 people and a mic and a speaker. That's it. Like, all I'm trying to do is put on a live podcast and maybe put, you know, a couple of stand-up comedians beforehand that is it it's just you know a live show a culty fake sunday sermon kind of priesty performance by me maybe you know because it's a cult and all that but i don't I, I feel like that should be easier to organize than it has been for a sunday right to find a venue that would just put something on on a sunday but i swear to god like everywhere that i've spoken to so far this has been the conversation right this is how it's gone it's like so you you want to put a gig on? Yeah, yeah, I, I do. Like on um on a Sunday afternoon, and like maybe it would go into the into the early evening. Okay. Well, um, it's two grand to hire the rope. Two fucking grand. I'm hiring it for like four hours. I don't want to buy the fucking thing. Right. Yeah. Okay. But it's it's two grand. Um. Will Will you be supplying your own bar staff as well? Or like I could literally hire a hotel suite. For that like it's a culty fake sunday sermon thing i could literally hire a church for it for this well it's i mean it is it's two thousand i'm afraid like may, maybe just this once i could bring it down to 1700 maybe okay right but does that include vat ah well no no so yeah you you need to add 20 on so yeah i, I guess that's two thousand. Oh, well fucking great and, and it doesn't include bar staff. Oh, and your guests will not be permitted to use the main bar toilets. like Like, what the fuck is this? Like, when did everything get so shit? Remember when you could just, like, nip in a pub and just, like, ask to put on a comedy night? <laughs> do you remember that? And, the, like, the guy behind the bar would be, like, cleaning a glass. He'd just be like, yeah, should be all right. <laughs> like, do, do Ryanair do dive bars now? Is that how they pivoted in the pandemic. Like, when did Ryanair start opening pubs? Because that is what this feels like. Like, you used to be able to go in and just, you know, say to them, like, yeah, would you mind if I put a gig on in your basement? And the guy would be like, well, you know, how many people are you bringing? And you go, uh, probably about 50. Okay, and are they all drinkers? Like, are they going to are they gonna buy a drink? Oh, oh yes, absolutely. They are hopeless alcoholics, irreparable booze hounds, all of them. I mean, like they need help is what they need. But no, let's put on the show that normalizes it instead. But yes, in answer to your question, they will be buying lots of drinks. Oh, well, perfect. Yeah, bring them in. Because then, like, I I make a profit from a packed out basement that otherwise wouldn't be packed out because everyone's buying drinks. You sell some tickets at a reasonable price. The audience are happy because, well, you know, Not happy because, (laughs) you know, satisfied. My audience are never truly happy, are we, Binfluencers? We all know this. The clues in the name, you know, disappointments and all that. But, yeah, whatever happened to that dynamic, that ease with which you could put on a show at a reasonable price? Now it's like, yeah, can um, can I put on a gig in your base? Okay, well, yeah, you can. Um, But you're going to have to not pay any of your act aid. Uh, None of them can be compensated. (laughs) Your comedians need to die hungry. That's what needs to... They need to struggle because that's where good comedy comes from, aid, is misery. Really, I'm doing you a favour. I'm really doing comedy a favour here, fostering the next generation of stand-up. Oh, and yes, you will have to charge £20 a ticket to make this shit even break even. Like, fuck off with this nonsense. Anyway, look, that is a very long ranty way of me saying (laughs) if you know a bar in london that would put this on you know ideally on a sunday afternoon wrapping at like seven or eight in the evening so everyone could get home still at a sensible time and you know maybe this place is not greedy with some fucking inflated rental charges bullshit Like this isn't we work guys I am this close to sending out high-vis vests. <laughs> like, builder-style high-vis jackets to my Patreons. And we'll all just sneak into another room in a museum or, or a fucking boarded-up venue that couldn't survive the pandemic, you know? We'll do the show in a squat for free or some shit <laughs> if I don't find a venue soon. But yeah, hit me up if you know somewhere. And I I will, in return, I'll give you and a couple of mates... Free tickets for it. Anyway, look, let's get into this. What has been going on? What's the news? What's the unhappy haps, people? Um. Texas just had another mall shooting. I don't know if you saw that. Another mass shooting in Texas. I think that's the 20th in the last, like, five years or some shit. But, yeah, I don't know if, uh, if you guys saw that. Like, if you're British, maybe you didn't. See that in the news, you know, because we've had our own insanity dominating the news this last week. I don't know if you picked up on it. It was a, you know, big king related thing and some, you know, police stuff with protesters happened. Like it's been in a couple of papers. You might have seen the Metropolitan Police are in hot water again <laughs> today. You know, this time it's not for unlawfully arresting protesters, though that in itself is a scandal. But no, there's, there's been some footage that has leaked last night of some Met officers going after some guy and he's got two dogs and they fucking shoot them. They shoot the dogs dead. And it's like, you know, I look at the news here and I look at the news in the US and then I look back over here and it's like you know they've got another fucking mass shooting another dose of nra sponsored batshit totally avoidable americana and then it's like you know here in the uk we're like me too right guys like we can be like america guy us too you know like it's like we're trying to out cretin them or something you know it's a bit like you know the shit british version ish type of thing you know when when america does a thing and then we pathetically try to emulate it you know with this sort of you know um pimp my rideification of gun ownership i don't know if i'm making sense like veterans long time listeners of the podcast will know that on occasion i like to wheel out pimp my ride as an example of when we in britain shamelessly try to copy something that got big in America, right? Because we did it with Pimp My Ride. It was a massive show in America. Then when we tried to do it in the UK, it was fucking laughable. Or like with MTV Cribs was another one, right? The American version of MTV Cribs was Mariah Carey in a fucking billion dollar penthouse. (laughs) Or or it'd be like some $100 million pad, everyone's favourite basketball player lives in because they get so much money through sponsorship and you know just huge wealth on MTV Cribs in America just Bentleys and gold-plated swimming pools and tennis courts and then Cribs UK was like knock knock on the door it's a fucking bald one from East 17 in his bedsit in East Ham or some shit (laughs) like the shit British version kind of thing and this is that again clearly like in america it's like we we're gonna let people have semi-automatic weapons we're gonna sell them at walmart we're gonna give them away with 10 rice krispies tokens Uh, the mentally handicapped have a right to defend themselves too you know some idiot runs around shooting everyone then the cops turn up with their guns just blood everywhere entirely avoidable just stupidity in all corners and then the Mets see that, <laughs> and they're on some fucking bedsit in East Ham shit. They're like, gun lunacy? Gun lunacy's back, is it? Well, we should do that too. <laughs> oh, it's been a while. Like, honestly, this this shotgun has had a quilt of dust on it since we murdered Mark Duggan and then uh, the London riots kicked off. Like the, the, the Brazilian guy at the tube station that we killed, I haven't touched it since, but you're telling me that we get to do something stupid again? Gun lunacy is back in fashion! Oh just just try and hold me back, guys. Like, like the met and gun stupidity. That is like me hearing that grunge is coming back. <laughs> it's like oh man, time to shine! This is my wheelhouse. Just uh, you know, what was it? It was it was like a procedure call out. That the Met got called out to, and it was, you know, some guy shouting a lot and he was holding a couple of dogs, and then some fucking idiot with a badge just starts shooting. And like, if you know, if if police are supposed to be there to protect and serve, right, is always the line that gets wheeled out, isn't it? Here's a question for you. Like, do you does does anyone feel more protective, protected and safe? knowing that Officer K-135 just shot two dogs. Do you feel safer now that those dogs are dead? (laughs) Like, fuck me, fellas. I was shitting it about my kids getting snatched or, you know, desperate people breaking into my home and robbing me at knife point. But now you've riddled those Labradors with SCO-19 issue bullets. Well, now I can unclench my buttocks. I can rest easy. Thank God you were here. Thank God those dogs didn't have "Not My King" placards, or you might have been outgunned. Those people are dangerous. <laughs> if, if, if what I hear is to be believed, couple of placards, you could have really been in trouble. Like after the after the Sarah Everard kidnap and murder, right? And after the the vigil where they slammed Patsy Stevenson to the ground. And, you know, and after sending spy cops into protest groups as undercover agents, and then they went on to father children with some of the activists who didn't know they were undercover cops because they'd used stolen identities from dead children's birth certificates. And, and and then after the other guy, they were doing selfies next to the bodies of two black women. After all of that, aren't they supposed to be rebuilding trust? <laughs> aren't you motherfuckers supposed to be trying to convince the public you're not psychopaths like what part of that strategy is pulling out your gun and shooting dogs (laughs) it's just because i hate to jump to conclusions i really do you know without due process and thorough investigation obviously but that sounds pretty psychopathy to me anyway That's the Met and the, uh, you know, the coronation was this week. And it, it, you know, took our periphery away from America's own premium tier industrial gun lunacy. And it really is industrial. You know, it's just killing machine after killing machine, rolling off a production line and, you know, bullets in casings by the million and out they go. Two for one deals. Treat yourself to a new gun this weekend at Walmart. And they all know, you know, these companies that manufacture them and the NRA and it, like, they know a percentage of jealous husbands and irrational idiots out there are going to kill with them. But they continue to do it. So industrial feels like the right word now, doesn't it? But anyway, yes, our attention was dragged away from our love of Americana for a couple of days because of the coronation, which was rather big news over here. But here's a question for you guys, if I may. Here's a, this is a big question for you post-coronation. Here's my, here we go. See, riddle me this. Where do you think the stone of destiny is now? <laughs> where, do you, where do you think that fucking stone is? Like, now we're in the post-festival cleanup phase. You know, now everyone's gone home, put their mass-produced Chinese-manufactured Union Jack flags in the bin. <laughs> oh, That's fun. In the bin it goes. Now the mal is just a sea of empty cans of shit British ale. And fucking high percentage, Pim soaked orange segments adorning the curbs and paving stones of the map. Where do you think the Stone of Destiny is now? After all the hype and pomp has passed. Where, where have they shifted it to? I think it's in a, like, stuffed in a lockup in a hangar next to a bunch of Pat Sharp sticker albums. <laughs> like. Some guy just wheeling it in there. Like, oh, it was fun, you know, I guess, for a minute. Just lock it up, you know? Probably no one's ever going to give a fuck about this thing again. So, yeah, just move it in. The Stone of Destiny. In a storage container. Next to next to the Michael Jackson River Float statues from the 90s. Do you remember that? He floated a massive statue of himself down the Thames to promote the history album. I think it was. In a storage locker, the Stone of Destiny. Some old Jacko statue. And and do you know what else would be in there? Fucking Labour's Tough on Immigration Pledge Stone. I don't think anyone knows where that thing is anymore. All of them held in a locker with a sign on the front. And the sign would say something like um Warning. Acton. <laughs> Ach- Achtung warning. Herein lies embarrassment. <laughs> do not enter without anti-cringe PPE and a fucking gum shield to stop you cringing so hard you crack your premolars. <laughs> Some guy just ventures it. Oh, God. The Stone of Destiny. Is that, what, is that what they call it? Oh, Christ. You know, the cringe warning sign on the front of it is just, a, you know, a silhouette of a guy holding his own face from a self-inflicted cringery injury. <laughs> Fuck me. I'm in a lyrical mood today. You see, this is what you get, guys. This is the bourgeoisie proper booge tier content that you were looking for anyway yeah i don't know where the stone of destiny is um but yeah that was this weekend the coronation the met the protesters um and this is why you know maybe you won't have seen the latest installment of america's gun nightmare in the news here in britain but you know what hey like you might also not have seen it in the news because you're american because maybe it's you know maybe it's not even really news anymore over there maybe it should just be relegated to page 17 in american news left off the bulletins given how not news these things are these days how not a big deal it is to american society and how unshakably often these things happen you know like shootings are so fucked upwardly frequent in the US. Like, even in places you wouldn't expect them. That's that's the really messed up thing. Like we were watching um We were watching a walking video on YouTube last night, right? Because that's how super exciting life is when you have kids, right? <laughs> it's just There's no there's no warehouse parties. There's no, you know, ringing in a birthday at midnight in the big chill. It's just, you know, shall we put YouTube on and and watch someone else walk? Like, that that is actually entertainment for us these days. Like, the fantasy of just being able to leave the house. (laughs) Like, wow. But we quite like it, you know. It's weirdly weirdly relaxing. There's lots of them, you know, walking, somebody walks silently around Miami for an hour, or somebody walks through London in the middle of the pandemic, or, you know, there's something relaxing about it. Just virtually by proxy, wandering around, you know, a nice part of the world that you can't get to right now, because you've got kids, maybe. And like, sometimes I I wonder if it's like, maybe a bit like cyclical, you know, like maybe it just keeps going levels deep. Like, you know, like some someone out there is living life, walking around, you know, New York and filming it. Right. That's what they're doing. Then the next level down, we're saddled with our children. OK, and the cost of our children. And, and so we just sit there watching that person live their life. But then you get to the next level down beneath us, you know, somewhere out there is probably an infertile couple without kids who would watch us watching the walking video. Like, oh, that's what it's like to have children and to not be able to leave the house. It's weirdly relaxing to watch them as they watch someone else living an actual life. You know, like, it's like a food chain of shit lifestyles. And it keeps going down further and further levels deep until finally it's a crack addict watching a homeless guy watching a TV through a shop window that's showing Gogglebox. That's where it ends. Anyway, off on a tangent there, as always. So so we're watching this, this walk-in video, and and it's of Santa Barbara, which is a you know, suburb in California, I guess. Um, I don't know why my girlfriend picked Santa Barbara, but, you know, whatever. We're, we're sat watching this neighbourhood, and there are cafes and bars and the pavement is perfectly clean you know just this sort of nice tiled thing and it's it's the US right so there's a Starbucks over here and there's a McDonald's over there but like mostly it's just a lovely looking little town and we did that thing that people do you know when you you see these or you go on holiday you know you go I wonder how much a home is there you know and so my girlfriend looks it up and it's it's a million dollars for a two-bed apartment, obviously. You know, you have to be a literal millionaire to live in a two-bed flat in this perfect town. But then it hits me, right? Because Because I'm like, this is America at its best, in my mind, right? It's as good as it gets. It's clean. There's nice cafes. I could imagine grabbing a latte and going for a wander and it's perfect weather. Everyone just looks so happy. And I'm like... I wonder if there's been a mass shooting here. You know, like, And yes, there has. Even in the most perfect place in America, there was a fucking active shooter situation only a few years ago. Because it is just a basket case, nut job country, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, I know we are too. Like, I'm not letting the UK off the hook. Like, you know, we, we need only reflect on the fact we have soaring food bank use, you know, and we have shuttered domestic violence shelters and we have people dying in hospital car parks because they can't get in to see the doctors that we don't have, but we spaffed two billion on a kingy party. And like, you know, I know we're a basket case too, but that's kind of why I can look at the US and so confidently say, yeah, you guys are insane also, (laughs) right? (laughs) It's like a slur that we can both call each other because we're both a member of that community. A- anyway, like so it's you know it's weird to have this perfect visage, this Brady Bunch white America village of idyllic surroundings and shops and palm trees and perfect teeth and sun cream everywhere like and then have that punctured by some angry cunt spraying bullets into strangers. You know? Like the whole is so contrasted and like how do you wake up in a perfect place like that and go that angry you know? Like, I know it's annoying, bro. Like, God knows, you know, I'm drawn to the dark side, uh, sides of, of life and culture. You know, drugs, punk rock, booze, chicks with dyed hair and tattoos. Like, nothing is more boring to me than safe, pristine, sober and cellophane-wrapped bullshit. But how does anyone get that angry, murderously angry, in a perfect climate? <laughs> with clean streets all around them, you know? I don't think it's possible to be angry in Santa Barbara. Like, I don't, I don't think they even have the adjective, do they? <laughs> like, I'd be talking to a Santa Barbara friend or something, you know? I'd be like, yeah, and, and then the guy cut me up on, on the motorway, and then I ended up on the slip road to Slough, and I was so angry! They'd be like, I- "I'm sorry, uh, you you were uh, you you were what? I, I said I was angry. Uh, I don't uh, ang ang. i mean, uh, you you've lost me. I- I've literally never heard or experienced what you're talking. You know, like it's how can angry exist in Santa Barbara? I don't think anyone even gets you know cut up on Californian you know freeways. Anyway, perfect scenery all around you." There's nowhere that you should be angry about accidentally coming off the highway at <laughs> California, from what I've seen. The concept of cutting someone up, I don't think that exists there either. If I was driving, like, in California, and somebody started, you know, invading my lane or, like, getting in front of me, I'd be like... Here's, here's how it would go. I'd be like, is this, guy, is this guy cutting me up? Oh, my God. He's totally cutting me up. I, I, like, mate, you're going to force me off the fucking... Fr- Actually, do you know what? This, yeah, this is another perfect Californian suburb that I'm happy to spend time in. Like, I would wave thanks to the drivers cutting me. i will be like, thank you. I've never taken this route before, but it looks nice too. So, yeah, h- have a great day. Thank you. Anyway, yes, so Santa Barbara, it looked perfect. And even that has had some active shooter mass shooting stuff happen. And that was 2014, I found out last night. I'll take the hoodie off. Getting het up now. 2014. And here's here's what happened, right? Some kid uh, who was in therapy, by the way. um, So, you know, great job, whoever that therapist was. Fuck me. Imagine being the therapist for the kid who goes on to murder a bunch of people. (laughs) Like, Like, as a therapist... Wouldn't you sort of, you know, self-evaluate after that? Wouldn't you be like... Actually, in retrospect, maybe I should have seen some signs there. Maybe, Maybe as a therapist, I should conclude that there are sometimes pros to imposter syndrome. Like, sometimes some people should trust their gut that they weren't cut out for, I don't know, being a therapist. Like... Like, wouldn't you self-evaluate? Wouldn't you be like, maybe my, like, when I was at med school, maybe my low self-esteem that was constantly telling me, all the way through med school, that I wasn't good enough and everyone else was deserving, but I was just an imposter. Maybe that was actually common sense, after all, telling me I'm not good enough to be a therapist because now I am a therapist and my patients appear to be deteriorating somewhat. It's like, hey, hey, don't... I heard you qualified as a therapist. Yeah, yeah, no, I did. How how are your patients doing? Uh, not great. <laughs> I wonder if, you know, this kid's therapist is still a therapist. Do you think they are? Are they capable of that reflection, that self-evaluation? Should we find out? Is that weird? Is that bad if we do that? Like, if it's bad, aren't you curious, you know, to know? Because I, I, I know this is grim, but it is also kind of funny. It's like, you know, I'm not mocking the dead people, obviously. If you die in a shooting, that is awful and tragic. And, you know, I, I get that. But it's just darkly fucking funny that you have this country hooked on therapy You know, and it's the same country where people trip switch into running around killing people. Like, what hope is there for America if even the people who go to therapy can't fight that great American tradition of multiple homicide? I mean, you know, the other side of this is that maybe therapy is kind of the problem, you know? maybe sometimes some men don't need to open up (laughs) like maybe this is just like an exaggerated version of like you know when you talk to your friend you go like so you know how you're handling the breakup and then like after the third hour you're like oh no 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 Just, just keep some stuff to yourself you know like is this sort of you know like chad chad okay Here's what we're going to do, okay? You seem real angry. You seem, you know, I've read your Facebook posts. I've, you know, uh, you sent me your fucking thoughts in a 12-page text and shit, and you, you seem angry. So what we're going to do is we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about your feelings, okay? Men and boys, they don't talk about their feelings enough, Chad. So here we go. Sit down. Just let it all out, you know? And then three sessions later, the motherfucker's running around Smallville with an AR-15, like, pa 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 So, look, I'm just saying a lot of podcasters and left-leaning types, you know, they will tell you mental health this and it's good to talk that. I'm saying sometimes just keep it bottled up. I'm just saying, like, sometimes it's okay to keep that shit bottled up. Like, you don't have to let it all out. Anyway, so this is what I found so this is this is from wikipedia um it's an article titled the 2014 isla vista killings and you know before i get started before anyone starts you know clapping back to me i know i know wikipedia isn't perfect sometimes they get some shit wrong but it's pretty good right for a not 100 percent fact-based you know observational comedy satirical politics show it's, it's all right It's reasonably reliable. I like it. I'm a supporter. I'm a lover of free information or a, you know, a a Wikipedia file. I guess you could, could, well, actually, let's just stick with lover of free information. It's probably less uh, problematic. Anyway, look, it it says the 2014 Isla Vista killings were a series of misogynistic terror attacks in Isla Vista, California. On the evening of Friday, May the 23rd, Uh, 22-year-old Elliot Roger killed six people and injured 14 others by gunshot, stabbing, and vehicle ramming. And this was near the campus of the University of California, Santa Barbara. And then he killed himself. Okay, so he stabbed three to death at his apartment, one by one, separately. Then he drove to a sorority house near the university campus. But he couldn't actually get in, so he shot two women dead just outside it and then he goes on the run and he's ramming into people and he's shooting people from his car and the police start trailing him and they're shooting at him and he gets shot in the hip right and then he crashes his car into a stationary vehicle and he shoots himself in the head game over and so it's all sounding you know very gta isn't it it's all very san andreas right you know, when you get bored of doing a mission and you go on a killing spree in the blistering sun and you ram a few people off the road, you get out and you start spraying until eventually the cops surround you and the music heats up and bam, the whole thing fades to grey and black. Like, it feels a bit that, doesn't it? And, um, and fuck. Oh, yeah. So I should say before he went on the killing spree, he uploaded a video to YouTube. And he sent a manifesto to his friends and indeed to his therapist. His therapist gets this manifesto for why he's going on this fucking killing. Like I bet his therapist was probably like, wow, this this is fucked up. This sounds a bit psychopathy. Has he committed suicide yet? Because if you're feeling young and hopeless, there could still be a career for you in the Met, bruh. And his video was apparently all about, you know, how he wanted to even the score with women for rejecting him and with guys who were able to have sex with women, which always feels a bit fucking ridiculous to me. Because it's so, like, completely illogical. Like, no one likes being rejected, obviously. But where is the logic in getting all weirdly angry? about it like she didn't want to fuck you before but you like now you're getting angry at her you think oh that's gonna change is it like like sarah sarah do you want do you want to go out with me um no you seem sweet but you're not you're not really my type that's the thing oh well fuck you you're fucking ugly stuck up fat bitch sarah you're nothing you're fucking shit like oh my god i was do you know what i was a little bit on the fence there thinking that you were too much of a nice guy, but now now you're on some Ike Turner shit. Now you're giving me some OJ Simpson vibes. Now I am just slipping off the bar stool here. Like, that has never happened once. Get rejected. Go angry. Oh, sure. Yeah, that'll get them banging your door down. Every woman I know just loves an insecure, threatening man. You know, like they're swiping through Hinge, and it's ping. Oh, they've matched with somebody the guys like so um so what kind of dudes do you do you like ah uh, well you know i don't i don't really like to say I and mean, it's kind of it's a little bit embarrassing oh well, you know come on i'll i'll go first right here we go um i like blondes with big tits and tattoos there we go that, that was easy now, now come on what what kind of guys do, do you like well you know i, I feel shy that's it. well come on come, come on baby you know that's that's why we're here you know we we've, we've matched let's get to know each other you know what what kind of guys get you hot okay well i cannot come unless the guy slaps my mother at the family meal and threatens to send our sex tapes to my direct reports at work. I'm just kooky like that. That's my thing. Like, no one is into that. That is not a romantic or sexual strategy that has ever worked, even once. Even the masochists out there get off the bus at that stuff. Anyway, where were we? Who's the therapist? Let's see. Does it say? Okay, so the guy's name was Elliot Roger. And he was 22 when he committed this. Oh, fuck me. He was English. That's fucking weird. An English mass shooter. He moved to the States when he was five, went to an American high school, and he ends up going on a semi-automatic killing. I mean, look, you can accuse this kid of a lot of things. You can, obviously. But if nothing else... No one could accuse this kid of not integrating into the culture. (laughs) He was English, then he went to an American high school, and he ended up becoming a fucking, not a school shooter, but, you know, he's integrated is all I'm saying. And what else? Okay, so he was uh, relentlessly bullied... Uh, never diagnosed with mental illness but fell somewhere on the spectrum they said suspected autism and his father was um or is a semi-famous film guy right which is kind of weird like he worked on hunger games and the documentary called oh my god i was wait so that's weird like his dad's this hollywood guy and his dad is a cousin of reese witherspoon this is fucking wild. And so, okay, right, so so let's back up. So I, I wasn't even going to go this deep on this because it's not the actual shooting that just happened. Like, that's in Texas, right? I was just looking at, at this because, you know, we were watching the walking video and it seemed so nice and perfect. And even that has mass shootings and shit. And even the Hollywood elite can't help but get involved, <laughs> seemingly. And his therapist is what, oh, right, okay, so... Is there any record of his therapist? Uh, okay, right, so here we go. It says Before the shootings began, Elliot Roger emailed his 100,000 word manifesto to his therapist, Charles Soffy, among others. It was titled My Twisted World by Elliot Rogers. So the guy's name's Charles Soffy. Let's see who he is. Charles Joseph Soffy is an american psychiatrist he is a former medical director of the county of la's department of children and family services he's also a member of the dr phil show's advisory board and is a frequent guest on the show and other tv shows and stations including cnn today dr drew he has many celebrity clients and he's worked with paris hilton michael jackson and Mel B, fucking hell! Like what a raging, roaring success this celebrity psychiatrist is, Doctor Charles Soffy. Christ, Charles, I've um, I've got some problems. Uh, uh, I'm I'm trying to work out. You know, various uh, uh, behaviors and and attitudes that I've I've developed. That need addressing. I've always felt they they hold me back, and you know they're affecting my family. It, it, I, I don't know. It's, it's time that I took stock, and uh, you know I talked to somebody about it. So I just want to, before we get started, could you take me through your uh, credentials? Oh sure. Uh, yeah. So some of my uh, my clients you may be uh, familiar with: uh, uh, Mel B, uh, Paris Hilton, uh, 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 Michael Jackson. Uh, like, th- wouldn't this be a weird way to advertise that you're good? At therapy, <laughs> like what a roll call. Well, I've I've helped uh, Mel B, Paris Hilton, and uh, Michael Jack. Like those three really <laughs> helped. No Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> did Gary Busey not have insurance? Is that why he's not in the? You know, I mean, like if you had to pick three celebrities for whom therapy did not appear to help them an awful lot. Like, Mel B is this, you know, three times married nut job. Like, last time I read an interview with her, she was saying the previous interview that she had done with that same writer was a total pack of lies. It's fucking weird. And then there's, you know, chaotic relationships and bankruptcy. And, you know, and then Paris Hilton is fucking, you know, Paris Hilton and Michael Jackson's dead. You know, Michael Michael Jackson's therapy worked out so well, the guy was addicted to being unconscious, basically. That's... That's where he was at before he died of prescription medication overdose. Just addicted to not existing. Which, you know, I suppose, you know, if you you were addicted to just not really existing anymore, just laying there, nothingness, you know, maybe that is one addiction he's managed to fix. (laughs) he's... He's got there like like he's finally made it to the gold pot at the end of the rainbow. He's there, guys. So I don't know, you know, maybe that last one is a success of sorts. But fuck me, man. So, so this shooter kid, uh, he was he was the son of a Hollywood film guy and he gets bullied and he goes to see a therapist. And, you know, the shrink has this long line of celebrity nut jobs that he can reel off like, you know, see, I can help you just like I helped Michael Jackson. <laughs> you see? Look at Michael up there on the television holding hands with a terminally ill teenager who would later go on to say that he molested them. like When he wasn't dangling babies off balconies and shit. Like, you could be that same too, Elliot. Now sit here and talk. Don't, don't keep it all bottled up. Talk about your feelings. Let it all out. Like, who is sitting in the consultancy room with this guy and going, really? Me? Like, I, I could be as sane and, and, and as leader-centred and stable life as Michael Jackson? <laughs> like, All right, look, here's, here's a fucked up question for you guys, all right? I, you know I like these. If you're new to the podcast, you might not. Occasionally, I interject with a little question for my listeners. Here's a question for you. Do you think with Michael Jackson, Paris Hilton, Mel B., all the celebrity clients, you know, and portrait autographs adorning the office and the foyer. Do you think Dr. Charles Sophie has Elliot Rogers' face and autograph up in his office, too? Like, like you know how when you go in a restaurant and there's an autograph picture of like fucking Russell Crowe on the wall from fucking 12 years ago? when he happened to go in there one time and he signed a napkin like, thanks, Dave. Love the pizza. Cheers, Russ. Like, do you reckon that's it's like that in Sophie's waiting room? You know, just like autographed. Like, thanks for your help, Dr. Sophie. You've been so kind. Respect always. Love and light. Paris. Kiss, kiss. Like, and then next to it, <laughs> be like, cheers for the meds. You know, because he's, he's English, right? This Elliot kid. Cheers for the meds, Dr. S., And and yes, you know, by all means, use my name and face to get the punters in. Thanks for everything. It all turned out perfect. Lukewarm regards, Elliot. Like, I mean, you may as well. Put him up there. He's just as much a testimonial of this motherfucker's ability as the others. Because they all turned out just as bad. You got one guy dead from propofol. The other one slumped in a car with a bullet in his head. and The fucking dude pops up on Dr. Phil in a Ralph Wiggum costume like, I'm helping. No, you're fucking not. Anyway. Where do we think this guy is now? Anyone got any guesses before I live Google on my podcast. (laughs) Because fuck me, this is compelling content, right? You know, definitely join the Patreon for those early bird July tickets, guys. Come see me Google Live. It's apparently my new thing. But seriously, where do we think he's at now with this amazing track record? I reckon he's been treating Kanye. (laughs) Or, Or Bam Margera. You know, just two kind of outlandish, half crazy people, you know, before. And then they they go and sit in his foyer and he's like, I've helped Mel B and Michael Jackson sign here. You know, smash cut to six months later and Kanye's on Infowars praising the Nazis. like, you're a cure, Kanye. (laughs) Bam Margera's on. Actually, fuck me. Bam Margera has actually been on Dr. Phil. I wonder if that was a Doctor Sophie episode then. That would be perfect if it was, you know. Doctor Sophie rocks up to Doctor Phil as a consultant, contributor, or what? Yeah. Who have you got on this time? Uh the the jackass guy, uh, Bam Margera. Oh, uh, uh, what's his problem? Well, you know he he likes drinking. Okay, well, as your consultant, Phil. Here's my list of recommendations. And then cut to 2023. The guy's on the run from the police and his brother is tweeting he's on meth now. <laughs> like, people are like, wow, you know, Bam's really taking a turn for the worse. I, I thought he was getting help. What kind of help has he been getting? Who's he been seeing? Who? Like, do- Dr-, Dr. Sophie? Oh, right. Yeah. Starting to make sense now. I don't think he was on that edition, by the way. Just for full transparency, I think that was just Doctor Phil. Um, but it would be perfect if he was, right? If he was some sort of like weird Doctor Death, Grim Reaper of psychology and addiction treatments. And anyway, let's let's have a Google. Let's see what he's up to. Okay, so so the two most recent things we have him as a guest on Doctor Phil's podcast obviously. (laughs) And then he's on WebMD, and he's promoting his new book. And his new book is called Family Values. So that's nice. You know, good for him. Good for America. It's the land of opportunity. You can have, uh, you know, a succession of patients who all appear to not respond well, really. In fact, deteriorate. (laughs) Like, Like, what is the common link there between these tabloid car crashes? Oh, and the kid that went on to murder eight people in a perfect American suburb. Like, what connects them? What connects is... Like, you can be that and still crack on and get booked and get your book out. Like, don't let no one hold you back with your pursuit of happiness and the American dream, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But this is what I don't get, man. Like, it's like... It's the same as politics over here, isn't it? It's like you get people like Julia Hartley Brewer, people like Dan Hodges, who keep funneling out nonsense. Like it's demonstrably false. Like Dan Hodges has been fucking babbling on about Labour's quiet, private approach to Sue Gray for fucking ages it? like insinuating or speculating that there might be something to it, something untoward. And then it turns out there's nothing to it. You know, or then there was the Kears Beers Currygate thing, before that turned out to be nothing. Or, you know, posting shit the other day, he was like, well, can we all agree that Labour's poll lead is collapsing? Which is fine if it is, but it's not. Like, it's demonstrably not. But again and again, they'll invite this guy back on, onto question time, onto this panel, that panel. There's never any pause for thought by the producers like, hang on, everything this guy says turns out to be nonsense. So why are we still booking him? (laughs) Then they like, junior support producer. like, so, because he's a good debater. Like, that's it. Like, fuck the cancel culture bullshit. These idiots get booked and rebooked and given airtime based almost entirely on the fact that they can speak reasonably fluidly. That's it. And they can babble some acronyms here and some percentages over there. It doesn't matter if they're not accurate or if it's just rooted in what they wish was true. Just as long as they sound confident... And they're reasonably articulate in the moment. As long as it makes for a spicy debate, then back they come again and again. And it's not just Hodges. I'm really going on a fucking rant now about this. But like, I think I mentioned Julia Hartley Brewer, right? A minute ago, like, it's the same with her. Like on Question Time, there was a there was a panel thing. And they were talking about net zero or something. And she just dismissed climate change. She said she was like, uh... It's called the weather, you know, like, which is just objectively, you know, I mean, it, like, it contributes about the same political and scientific value to the debate as a microwaved badger. It really does. It's just useless nonversation. But who's on the panel next week? Oh, and uh, joining us on the panel tonight uh, Reform UK, uh, Dan Hodges, and journalist and broadcaster Julia Hartley You know, back she comes again. <laughs> like, wasn't her credibility in the toilet when she said that Enoch Powell wasn't a racist? Well, I, um, uh, I think she apologised and uh, withdrew those comments. Uh, I don't think she did. Well, um, okay. Well, I, I apologise now uh, for the fact that she didn't. I, uh, you what? Well, never, never mind. Let's just book her up because, you know, she'll cause a drama and it'd be great for clips the next day on Twitter. So back she comes again, you know? And like, is it the same with this guy, this Dr. Sophie chap and his career? Because to me, it doesn't read that well. I mean, you know, to his credit, he has managed to sidestep defending Enoch Powell. So he's had some successes, but still it's like, you know, shall we book him again? Well, uh, what's he done since? Oh, well, he's been treating Aaron Carter and Juice World. Well, uh, aren't they both dead too? Now, like, oh yeah, yeah, they're, they're both in the ground from prescription medication overdose. Oh, well, definitely, yeah. Get him on. He knows his stuff. Like, I mean, like, to be crystal clear, I don't think this guy was those guys' doctors. Like, I don't know anything about Aaron Carter or, or Juice World, but like, I'm sure. You know, Sophie, I'm sh- look. I'm positive he's not Dr. Death. I'm sure he's an okay doctor to many, many people. I'm sure he's legit helped some people. But my point is, like, he could be an okay-ish doctor, but have garnered a profile that should still render him unacceptable in terms of being a thought leader or a panellist. I think, anyway. like, Like, he might have helped you swerve alcohol or address your negativity or repair family relations or something. But still... You know, my last patients were a mass shooter and Michael Jackson. Like, that sh- should not allow you to be on a panel to then credibly discuss mental health care or some shit. Like, the producers should be like, I mean, is there is there seriously nobody else? <laughs> we can, is it Sophie or nothing, really? All right. Oh, fucking hell. You know, like, I don't want to be a massive cunt to the guy because I, I don't know him. Maybe he's a lovely bloke. Maybe he loves his kids and his wife. He's very wholesome and he's helped, you know, 50 or 70 people. But, but doesn't it annoy you that there's people like this that have a sort of track record that I think, and it's just my opinion, right? I think it should kind of remove them from panels and Dr. Phil and book deals. And yet they seem to just magically find themselves invited back on, you know? And honestly, right, just just to close out because I've been on for a fucking hour now, but like here's the thing. Like when you give these guys airtime, when you promote them and let them write these books based like not really paying attention to their actual performance and like the things that have resulted on their watch in the past, when you book them, when you allow themselves to promote themselves, like what you're actually doing is taking that time for me, I should be booked on the sports man. You fucking narrow-minded motherfucker! Like I don't want to brag, guys. I don't want to brag, but I may have a more successful track record than Doctor Charles Sophie. I mean, literally, no one I've treated has gone on to partake in a killing spree. Not one. That is an A. Thompson Price promise. Like, no. You know, I've never treated anyone because I'm <laughs> I'm not a doctor. I'm, I cannot stress that enough, guys. I am not a qualified medical professional. But of all the people I have interacted with, and yes, of all the seminars of psychotherapy and psychoanalysis that I sat through in my late 20s, and of all the deep and meaningfuls I've had and the COD psychology I've employed hosting this podcast, my hit rate is 100% for never having yielded a mass killer or celebrity pedophile. So look, guys. All I'm saying is this. My diary is free. (laughs) I've done a bit of LBC and a little bit of byline times. My fees are negotiable. It's a tough time and I'm about to remortgage. So, like, some get imposter syndrome and they, you know, they worry that they shouldn't be booked for these things or that they shouldn't have qualified as a therapist. Well, not me. I'm right here, ready and waiting to come on CNN. And Dr. Phil, if it means I get to keep my house. Guys, that's all I've got time for. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, don't forget, I'm doing a live show on uh, Friday night. This coming Friday at half past seven, I've got my guest, Star B. I'm really psyched. Looking forward to, uh, to speaking to her about uh, life, love and the universe. Uh, don't be a stranger though, guys. If you want to get these episodes nice and early, like two days before everyone else on Spotify and Apple and so on, jump on patreon.com forward slash aid thompson with an in on the end the support like the, the tears for it they start at like three pounds a month so it's fucking nothing so if you're not too adversely impacted by the cost of living crisis if you can spare enough for a coffee once a month to show me some love uh let me know that you're listening and you want to see the uh, podcast continue to grow and whatever um do consider jumping on patreon it's patreon.com forward slash aid thompson um take care of yourselves i'll be back as I say, Friday night, until next time, I'm out this motherfucker!